What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to TTB Ravens Media. This is the Trust the Bank podcast. And, you know, this week's a little bit different because I was out in New York and, I, you know, we were just being able to get back and record. So we're going to do kind of a hybrid episode. We're going to first preview uh, the Jets game or recap the Jets game. Then we're going to preview the Miami Dolphins game, um, you know, in the end of the podcast. So let us know, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube. Go check out the podcast platform to, you know, see it, listen to all the segments right now. And if you're listening on the podcast, we appreciate you. If you haven't checked out the YouTube, uh, go do that as well. But starting off, Ravens start off the year 1-0. You know, that's, that's the best possible thing. It does not matter anything that happened in the game. 1-0 is a great feeling no matter who you are. Yep. But they went into that game. The defensive line looked really good. Lamar Jackson, you know, I felt like they started slow, but that was expected, right? You know, they're playing in the rain. Almost every single important player on that team didn't play in the preseason. It's the first game of the year. Like right when it felt like they looked like, oh, yeah, they're getting back in the groove, they just took right off. Um, and then they were able to get that big win. But turnovers forced from the new guy. Um, and then the old guy, Chuck Clark, was able to force a turnover. So shout out to the safeties right there. Uh, but there was a lot of stuff that happened. Joshua, what was, what was kind of something that you want to talk about about that game uh, that happened? Well, I think we got to talk about it first. Devin Duvernay being used as a wide receiver? Yo, I know. Listen, uh, you know, I, I, I've i always said JP2, you know, deserves to be the number two guy. I mean, I still feel that way. I feel like Devin Duvernay with his speed, his athleticism, and his, you know, Debo Samuel-like um, as play does deserve to be in the slot guy. You know, slot guys, it's not a disrespect to anyone, you know, but the slot guy is the most dynamic uh guy on the team if you ask me so i mean for him to come out and actually show himself as you know like hey i did get drafted as a wide receiver I, you know i can make things happen in the passing game and came out and made two touchdowns that was you know that was a big that was a big leap a big plus for this wide receiver core because I'll, you know we already know everybody's doubting this wide receiver core because we do not have a big name you know so um and even rashad bateman you know Everybody worried about the, the deep threat, who's going to be the deep ball guy. Uh, I do feel like, you know, that one pass, um, he could have – he may could have ran a little bit more or stretched out for it. But, I mean, Lamar literally put that one, you know, because he was draped by the def defender. He just put that ball, you know, where the defender couldn't get it, where he felt like his guy could have got it. But, I mean, you know, I did like to see that we were attacking. I love the fact that, you know, I saw – Lamar doing a couple um, adjustments at the line of scrimmage before the snap. I said, okay, okay. Even though we still getting into play a little late, you know, but that's the first game. But I mean, it was definitely some, it definitely good to see, you know, the passing game is progressing a little bit. You still see those moments of the, um, the passing routes, you know, kind of bumping into each other uh, week one. But, um, but overall, you know, I'd give that game, if I was degraded, the offensive side of the ball, I'd give it like a B minus, C plus. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing that we didn't see was the Ravens rushing the football. Now, I, and I'm not going to come out and be Michael Irvin because I believe it was Michael Irvin that came out and I was like, man, Lamar's yeah. got to play better, man. He's got to run the ball. Um, that, that was not my issue with the run game. It was just like it, it wasn't dynamic. It wasn't explosive. And that was because, you know, backup offensive linemen, and surprisingly, Kenyon Drake was the RB1. I I did not expect that. I think Drake is better um, than Mike Davis, but I, I also think that the Ravens weren't running read options 
for the same reason they didn't, you know, week one last year. Because last year, everybody that was running, playing running back and coming in, it was like, oh, they've played with Lamar Jackson for a week. It's very difficult to get that chemistry down. It's going to take a little bit of time. So I feel like they saw the same thing with Kenyon Drake. And they were just like, hey, let's just give him the ball. And Lamar was able to throw to him. Um, he, you know, he checked the ball down to him, I believe, a couple of times in the game. Um, actually, he only had one reception, but he checked the ball down twice to, to Justice Hill. Uh, so Lamar was checking the ball down to the running backs. But Kenny Drake, I think, looked solid. But nothing like solid as a, a RB3. He doesn't look like he's going to carry the offensive load. But that's why we may get J.K. Dobbins back. Um you know, I, I'm expecting it within the next couple of weeks. I don't know if it's going to be this weekend. Um, we're going to get J.K. Dobbins back, and that's really going to change the dynamic of this team because the read option is going to come back. But we still saw Lamar run. I think a lot of people, like way too many people were like, Lamar put on weight, can't run anymore, which is really funny because the criticism of Lamar running was he's too light. He's going to he's gonna get injured because he's too light. Lamar puts on weight. They're like, can't run anymore, uh, but he had he had a great run, you know, on a, on a third down situation, breaks out of the first sack, um, and then he's able to you know kind of jump skip. I I don't know what it was, high step, jump skip. Um, I'll call it a high skip uh, out of a tackle, and then you know maneuver his way up the field to get that first down. Um, and I want to say that was in the third quarter, or yeah, it was in the third quarter. Those are the types of plays that we're used to seeing Lamar make, and. We weren't seeing that in the first half, but I felt like the first half was – I feel like it was, it was very conservative play calling-wise, but that's also, I think, because they are like, hey, let's get everybody back in the groove of playing organized football against opponents. But I don't know. What did you think of Kenyon Drake, Joshua? Honestly, McConnell, when I saw Kenyon Drake out there um, for the first snap, I was very confused. I'm like, oh, this is about to be another Latavius Murray type of situation. Yeah, okay. I know that he played with Marlon Humphrey back in Alabama. Yes, Marlon Humphrey vouched for him. Yes, you know, um, um, Kenyon Drake has a better track record, but Mike Davis has been in, has been in, in in the house for a longer time. He knows the plays. Granted, when he did get out there, he's um, that wasn't his fault. You know, the defender just literally, you know, he got a good hit. He put the he put his helmet, he put his hat on the ball. I mean, he 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 secured it when he's uh, when he's. When he was going to the outside and everything, he had it held high and tight. The defender literally got his helmet on the ball. You know, those things happened. It was raining. First game, I, Mike Davis was just eager to get out there and make something happen. I was eager for, for him to make something happen too. You know, but when he found when but when Kenyon Drake finally started uh, warming up, you know, it did look a little better. But I mean, we can't have that type of play, you know, going on going on for the rest of the season. I mean, at least till JK and Gus comes back. Um we talked about it, we talked about it many of times that our offense has to be on all gas, no brakes, full cylinders. You know? So I mean, um with a Miami team, uh we, we can't afford to, you know, to be on um we can't afford to be on slow people time. We gotta come out we gotta come out the break uh hitting and we can't stop hitting. So um that can um Hopefully, King and Drake picks it up uh, this Sunday. But um, I think we got to talk about that defense, man. I think we got to talk about that defense. That was the first time in a while. Now, you saw it up in person, up in close. Tell me how it is seeing 
PQ flying to the ball, you know, the way he does in person versus on TV. Yeah, so about Patrick Queen. So I, I went to see the game with my parents, and they're not Ravens fans. They don't, you know, they watch Ravens games when I'm watching Ravens games or whatever. But, you know, they're not following the Ravens, you know, super closely. And I'm watching the game, and I think it was the second quarter. Uh, Ravens are playing, and, and they're playing on defense, and they get a stop. And my dad looks at me, and he goes, who is number six? That dude is everywhere. And I was like, yes. Someone that doesn't know who PQ is spotted him out was like, who is that guy? Because he was just blitzing. He was hitting every hole. He was hitting Brees and Michael Carter in the backfield. Um, he looked very, very good um, in that game. And I think that was – I think that started it all, right? He's hitting the holes. Yeah. The front – the the defensive line is getting that interior pressure. And the secondary was making plays. Marcus Williams, the new addition. Interception, first game. Um that was something that, you know, really wanted to see. Reminds me of another Ravens safety in the first game against an AFC East opponent that got their first interception in a big win in an away game. Mr. Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas intercepted Ryan Fitzpatrick um, in 2019 in his debut game with the Ravens. Now, hopefully Marcus Williams is better than Earl Thomas was. But that season, like, bringing in a play – because what did we need when we signed Earl Thomas? It was – we're not getting interceptions. We're not having our secondary make those plays. We bring him in, interception. Deshaun Elliott, I like Deshaun Elliott. I don't know if he's catching that ball. You know, it it wasn't a crazy difficult play, but it was, hey, you got to be in the right place. Then you got to jump up, time it, you know, get your hands on the ball. And then he returned it, you know, got it into a position where the Ravens were able to make an easy field goal on that next drive. But we saw the safeties. We saw Chuck Clark out there every play. We saw a lot of Kyle Hamilton. We saw Chuck Clark force a fumble. Yeah. And we saw the the coverage of Marcus Williams, and he was making plays. So the defense overall was missing some pieces. Yeah. And they were still very dominant. Like, I remember seeing the stats after the game, and I was like, what? Yeah. How do they – these don't look right. Like, it did not feel like the Jets – vastly outgained the Ravens in yards. It didn't look like Joe Flacco threw for 300 yards. It was like, wow, they're getting stopped and they are getting nothing at any point. Like they can't do anything is what it felt like, yeah. which reminds me not of Wink Martindale, but Mr. Dean Pease, yeah. right? Where it's like they can get some yards, yeah. but they're not getting the big play and we're going to force some opportunistic turnovers. And that's the kind of defense that I love for the Ravens. I, you know, I've talked about, I know a lot of people didn't like Dean Pease very much. I love Dean Pease's system. You know, I'm completely fine with the bend, don't break. Because it was like, the Ravens back then weren't even forcing turnovers. It was just like, oh yeah, three and out. Forcing incompletion, you know, got a stop on third and one. They tried to run the ball, you stuffed them. I would much rather have that than, oh, we blitz all the time. Yeah, every game we give up a 55-yard touchdown, but every once in a while we get a sack on third down because we sent all-out pressure every time on third down. I much prefer that. So I thought I thought Mike McDonald did great. I thought most of the players on the Ravens played very well. You know, I even saw Brent Durbin out there. Yeah. But you know what? I know we was all on the get rid of Chuck Clark. 
train. But what did I say if they kept three safeties? What was going to happen? And Mike McDonald did it. He ended up moving Chuck Clark in the box. Yeah. And Dom plays what he what he played down the Dom linebacker, which you know honestly I feel like it helps out a lot. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean it puts it puts Chuck Clark in a more um, in a more dominant position. You know he can guard he he has his, he has the speed at least to um, stick with a running back or even a tight end things of that nature. He can play the zone coverage a little better in the box. And now you have two you know rangy safeties with Marcus Williams and a young Kyle Hamilton. Uh, over top, you know. So I mean, I definitely love how Mike McDonald um, schemed it up, um, I, and you know, and we kept PQ. He was a he was an every down linebacker this past week one. So that's a big upgrade. So shout mm-hmm. out to Mike, but also shout out to Zachary Orr too, getting those getting those two guys back back in the in house. Uh, that that's a, a beautiful uh, combination, honestly. So I mean, yeah. I, I love I love the steps that PQ is taking. I mean. Even shout out to Justin Houston. I don't know if they tested him. I don't know if they tested him after the game, but he did have an extra step in him. He did have an extra step. Um, Adafi, no, he didn't get no sacks, but he still caused enough disruption where it opened up for everyone else to eat. So, I mean, his time is coming. Um, this defense do look good. I know we got some people that's a little banged up coming up uh, this Sunday, but we're going to see how that plays out. We're going to work with who we, uh, who we got. Yeah, I think throwing Chuck Clark in the box allows the Ravens to take out Josh Bynes and have Patrick Queen with a better coverage player than Josh Bynes at the linebacker, basically at the yeah. you know linebacker spot. Yeah. And Patrick Queen, like in the passing situations, you know, I didn't notice any situations where I was like, man, Patrick Queen, you're way out of position. Like everything that I felt like I was seeing out of Patrick Queen, I was like, I'm really loving what I'm seeing. And he's hitting the holes and he was wrapping up. That was one of his biggest issues was like, he was so good at hitting the holes. He's very instinctive, but it was like, oh, there were a lot of times where like hits the hole, bounces off the running back. He was hitting the hole. And even if sometimes he didn't get the true tackle, it was, oh, he's knocking him into Michael Pierce. He's knocking him into Justin Matabike or Calais or Radafe or, you know, whoever was out there on the edge, um, you know, consistently throughout that whole game. Because when you look at the stats, Josh Bynes only had one tackle. Patrick Queen had five solo, nine total. Chuck Clark had four solo, eight total. Mm. Malik Harrison had four solo, five total. It was the linebackers being able to get the tackles or the guys in the linebacker position. Now, it was led by Marcus Williams with the total tackles, so shout out to the new addition. Yeah. But that was, that's been an issue for the Ravens over the last couple of years is the linebacker tackling group, no matter who it is. It's, oh, man, broken tackle, broken tackle, broken tackle, first down. Even though Michael Carter was breaking tackles, even I, I think he he was second in the NFL in broken tackles in week one. I think he had four. Jonathan Taylor had five. It felt like when he was breaking them, it would be defensive backs. Um, you know, it would be on, you know, the, the stretch plays, the sweet plays when he's out in space. And that's what he does. Um, I think Michael Carter – is the starting running back over Brees Hall. And I know a lot of people really like Brees Hall. I loved Michael Carter coming out of UNC. You know, he was the UNC uh, one-two punch with Javante Williams, Um, which now looking back, it's like, wow, they were really good. No wonder Sam Howell got drafted. Um, They were were able to dominate. Um, And and those guys are both really physical and tough to take down. 
but it felt like the linebackers did a good job of, of at least containing everything and keeping everything in front of them. And I think that's also a, you know, props to the defensive line because they were, they were not allowing a lot of big holes and, and things like that, but no, it was fantastic. I, I love that game. You know, overall, I'd probably give the Ravens a, you know, a B on it just because they started a little bit slow, but you know, you give them a slight pass for starting slow. Cause it was the first game. I um, it you know, playing in the rain, playing not at home, but, this this next week though this is going to be the real test this is the home opener and it's against a one and zero Miami Dolphins team now did they beat the garbage quarterback in Mac Jones yes um, I'm sorry I I'm sorry to the people that believe in Mac Jones I have zero faith in him I think he's absolutely terrible I think a lot of people look at him and they're like oh he's like Tom Brady no yeah he's not Tom Brady <laughs> yeah. I mean it's like oh he made the Pro Bowl last year I'm pretty sure he made the Pro Bowl because. I mean, a lot of guys make the Pro Bowl because other guys don't want to play in the Pro Bowl. And the AFC had injuries to the quarterback position. Joe Burrow couldn't go to the Pro Bowl because he was in the Super Bowl. Lamar was hurt. So they were like, well, shucks. I guess we got to go with a playoff quarterback. And they were like, okay, Mac Jones, I guess. <laughs> it was not a C. It wasn't like Justin Herbert's rookie year where Herbert came out and was like, wow, look at that. Breaking records. It was like, oh, look at that. He hands the ball off. Good job. Um, but the Miami Dolphins beat them. And Javon Holland, they had a great play in the end zone. Um, Javon Holland ended up getting the interception, but it was reminiscent of Legion of Boom in the NFC Championship game against the San Francisco 49ers with Crabtree. Knocked the ball out. Holland got the interception. I saw that, and I was like, darn, because they have a good secondary. They have a good secondary, and they love the cover zero blitz. Ravens know a lot about that cover zero blitz. That is what destroyed the Ravens, really took down the Ravens' entire year last year was that game. And, of course, right when the Greg Roman says, hey, let's call it slam, Lamar Jackson hits Sammy Watkins. He gets about eight yards, and Xavier Howard punches it out. And it was like, the one time it works, it doesn't work. Um, and so uh, we're going to get that matchup, and we're going to get to see how the Ravens are able to fare about it. But before we talk about the full preview, let's talk about this. Is it a pseudo rivalry? I don't know what to call it, but the Ravens and Dolphins, you know, the Ravens have a ton of players from Florida, you know, the, yeah. the Miami Ravens. Yeah. Lamar Jackson linked, linked to the Miami Dolphins is, oh, wow, he can go there when he, you know, he's not re-signed by the Ravens, all that stuff. You know, they're connected to the Miami Dolphins because of how many players um, are there and then also they have played each other a lot in recent years um 17 times to be exact and the, it's just like they the ravens were on a streak right four or five games around it's like what are the recent scores and i was like the ravens have outscored them 167 to 40 or whatever it was and then they went and that was going into last year's game and the ravens they got their butt kicked and they started I, I want to say they started Ryan Fitzpatrick in that game and then Tua ended up coming in or no maybe they, they, they didn't start Fitzpatrick it was Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They started the backup cuz Tua was kind of banged up and then they put Tua yeah, in. Yeah something was wrong with his hand or something like that. Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. It, it was a weird situation but now we're getting a, a, you know a healthy Tua. We're getting a Cheetah Cheetah is playing and yeah. Jim Waddle was playing as well. A fast wide receiver room a young coach in his second career game who just beat Bill Belichick. Um, what do you think about this game? What are you thinking about it? I mean, bro, 
for us to play them 17 times and us to lead the series of 10 to 7, you know, even though, yes, you know, last year they beat us by 12 points, but, you know, for the past for the three years prior to that, like you said, Danny put up 12, 120 points, just about. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, um, I want to say, I mean, it's definitely a little bit of rivalry. Um, everybody is so, it's, it's so, uh, uh, pocket watching our QB right now because oh he's playing he's playing under his fifth year it's no contract extension everybody's everybody's going everybody's trying to ask them you know what team would he go to you know I love the way Lamar Jackson handled himself you know after the after the practice uh, press conference and told him straight up like hey y'all um we won them pass Friday them pass before before our first game we talking about the Dolphins now no more contract talk but everybody is so keen on him going back home and maybe going back to Miami. So, I mean, that does bring a lot of interest. I mean, Tua, yes, he's a serviceable quarterback, but he's no Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson with a Jalen Waddle and a Cheetah. I don't know who the running back is, but that sounds like a that sounds like an interesting, you know, um, core right there. And Mike McDaniel um, is one – he comes from that Bill Belichick tree, and he may be one of the – he may he may be uh, up and coming one of the best coaches out of that tree, um, so I mean you know you love you love to see you know those those storylines how they're building. I mean yes, we're uh, last year we couldn't stop we couldn't we couldn't stop the cover zero defense. You know it was asked they asked Mike McDaniel you know, you know who's who's replicating Lamar Jackson. He said everybody this week. You know, are you guys planning on running the cover zero defense against them? We plan on, we plan on, you know, his his response was, we, we we're going to try to, you know, contain them in, uh, as a group. You know, not just one individual. You love those answers, so yeah. I mean, you would think it's a little bit of rivalry, you know. Uh, so it's definitely interesting to see how it's going to play out. You know, I mean, I if I'm a Ravens player, you know. Uh, Miami Dolphins team shouldn't have beat me last year. How did we let that happen? So yeah, I, I have a little chip on my shoulder going down, uh, letting these guys come to the house, letting them come play against us. So you know, I, I'm a, I'm a definitely you know uh, make them feel every hit, make them feel every touchdown that's going to be thrown. You know, if I'm a running back, you know I'm a I'm gonna make sure I'm lay, I'm laying the boom because the linebackers ain't gonna lay the boom on me. So yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of rivalry going on, just a little bit. Absolutely. And and this is going to be an interesting game because we don't know how legit the Dolphins are. We hope the Ravens are not not the Ravens are legit, but super contenders, you know, true top tier uh, teams in the AFC, because we've seen these, you know, top teams have those performances already. Right. We saw the Chiefs go in uh, on Thursday night football and, and beat the Chargers. Big time win. We see the Buffalo Bills go out and, you know, I don't know why, but Thursday Night Football, again, uh, big-time win. Dominated the uh, the Super Bowl champions, L.A. Rams. Mm-hmm. The Ravens, now they, they're yet to play in prime time, but they're a team that needs to win big, right? Because they, they won pretty convincingly against the Jets, but it technically was only a 15-point win, even though it was 24-3 with, like, a couple minutes remaining. Um, and then it was just like, whatever, they scored. But they need to sh- have a game where it's like, oh, yeah, this team is legit. 
Dolphins could be that team because they play the Bills in, in, I believe, week four. They play the Patriots and the Bills um, on their next two games. And the Dolphins are also in a situation where they want to prove it because, yeah, they beat the Patriots, but the Patriots the Patriots suck. This offense is terrible. The defense is good. I have no problems with the defense. The offense is atrocious. Yeah. Uh, they have no good receivers. Their quarterback sucks, and they have an okay starting running back. Um it's not a good offense whatsoever. If you play fantasy football, start whoever, start whatever defense play the Patriots. They're terrible. Uh, but Dolphins, they bring in Tyree Kill. They make a splash. They have a year two Jalen Waddle, who last year I believe he did end up putting up a thousand yards. And they have Tua in a in a prove it quarterback year. Year three is the prove it year for a lot of young quarterbacks when they haven't really taken that jump. Mm-hmm. So both of these teams are trying to prove something. They both have played big games against each other in the past. And I think, and there's also just the rivalry of Tyree Kill versus the Ravens. How many times has Tyree Kill killed the Baltimore Ravens? How many times has he beat Marlon Humphrey? And Marlon Humphrey is a great player, but Tyree Kill beats everybody. Why? Because he's faster than everybody. So the speed right there, I think the biggest thing that's going to come down to for the Ravens defense is, do you stop the deep ball? If they limit the big plays, they should be able to win this game convincingly. But if they get into a situation where they drop back and they go, oh, third play of the drive, Dolphins touchdown, because they hit Jalen Waddle over the top. Or they maybe hit him underneath, but then he, you know, was untouched because the Ravens tackling and angles were bad. That is what's going to be what kills the Ravens. Now, I think that they can do it. The Patriots did a great job stopping the the Dolphins' run. They only averaged about 2.8 yards per carry. So if you can force them into passing and limit the big plays, that's how you're going to be able to win this game. Also, we got to add on to it. Um, We And I know we might be putting a lot of pressure on this young man, but we may be getting back Travis Jones for week two. Now, he didn't already show his dominance in the preseason games. And then, you know, I'm not going to take away from Broderick Washington, neither Justin Matabike, who's looked, who looked damn good this past Sunday. Damn good. I mean, I guess them, them workouts with Aaron Donald paid off for real because he was moving. He was moving and getting to it. So um, I'm not going to take nothing away from him. But you add a Travis Jones already with that stack uh, interior defensive line, watch out to him. That's all I, that's all I can say because to it, you know, he's not a splashy quarterback. Yes, he can throw the deep ball, but we all know that Tua is one of the most conservatives, even in his college career at Alabama. He's the type of guy of, you know what, give me the play. I'm going to get it done. I'm going to make sure we move the chains. You know, every once in a while, he's a big play guy, but he's just all about moving the chains and, you know, working the clock. I can respect that. But at the same time, our defense is hungry. I love what what we're doing with Mike McDonald. Um, I see that our linebacker core, you know, it's, it's like it's like it almost rejuvenated, you know. Like I said, with Zachary Orr and Mike McDonald, you know, they already have a relationship, and that's a that's a nice tandem. Mike McDonald already had, you know, linebacker, what already was, you know, previously the linebacker coach before he went to the University of Michigan, and Zachary Orr already has ties in in Baltimore. So I mean, it's definitely it's definitely interesting to see, and to take it a step further, even though this is week two. This could possibly be a this could possibly be a playoff match. 
And just and just to put it out there, in our 17 matchups, we have met up with met up with the Dolphins twice in the playoffs, and we have won. So who who knows how this may plays out? Yeah, I also think you know we're, we've been looking at it defensively, and I think Travis Jones is going to be huge if we're able to get him back. Also, potentially Marcus Peters, uh, Marlon Humphrey is also questionable. A lot of questionable players coming into this game. The players that are doubtful is like Ronnie Stanley, yeah. uh, but. On the offensive side of the ball, that's where the Ravens died last year. That is where the cover zero blitz ruined them. Like, it was to a point where people were like, can Lamar Jackson – I mean, obviously people hate Lamar Jackson anyway, so they're going to bring this up no matter what. Whatever opportunity comes, they're like, can Lamar Jackson even play quarterback? Because the Ravens refused to run any slant plays. Um, But can they beat that cover zero? How are they going to do it? Because they most likely will not have a good running back. You know, if J.K. Dobbins is playing, I think there's a very, very different story because they could potentially just run it up the gut, you know, and, and, you know, really be that dominant rushing team that they were. But I don't think they will have him. So maybe, maybe the read option is able to come back. But against cover zero, the read option isn't something that's going to destroy it. Potentially, though, the RPO, which they were running. They were running some RPO stuff. Who's going to be that guy for the Ravens that gets them the win against cover zero? Because they got to be able to beat someone quickly. Is it going to be Mark Andrews just making contested catches? Is it going to be Bateman uh, going up against a guy like Xavier Howard? Could it be likely lining up in the slot and having that big mismatch body? Or we saw it last week, the Devin DuVernay fade route. Or the Devin DuVernay uh, you know, deep route. Could, we, could this be a Devin DuVernay game? where he's got the speed to burn you off the line. He's got the hands to catch it in contested areas. And he's got the ability after the catch to make a big play. Could this be another really big Devin DuVernay week? You know what? Honestly, I was going to go with the Gorilla lining up in the slot and Devin DuVernay taking him over top. I mean, no one really expected Devin DuVernay to be, you know, um, a big name, play a big part in this offense, honestly, me and myself included. You know, and, you know, Ravens Flyer, TCB gang, y'all can get on me. Um, I mean, we all, if you all, I know you all been watching him in Texas. I know he got, you know, voted to the, voted to the Pro Bowl for being a return specialist. I take nothing away from that. I take nothing away from that. It's just the thing is, being in Greg Roman's offense, he was being a gimmick guy. So I felt like, you know, his, his ability of being a wide receiver was being taken away from him. He showed me that he still is a wide receiver and he still has my he still has my respect. So I definitely feel like, you know, between him, likely in a slot, those two guys may be, you know, maybe the key weapons of, you know, breaking down that cover zero blitz and maybe opening it up for the run game. Yeah, I think if we are able to get to a situation where we can run the ball, that is what's going to allow us to beat this team because this team is stronger in the secondary. Um, when you look at their roster. Now, they have good defensive line play. This is a good front seven. Don't get me wrong. But their secondary is Xavier Howard. Yeah. Their secondary is, um, you know, I think one of the best young players in the NFL in Javon Holland. It's a difficult secondary to get behind. So if we can get it to where, hey, they are bringing guys out of the box – that's going to allow this run. That's going to allow, I think, maybe a little bit more Mike Davis than Kenyon Drake, um, you know, to kind of really ground and pound him, but also allow Lamar Jackson to run. 
And you got to wear them down for sure. Because especially in a game where they are – the way that they, I think, would beat the Ravens is getting the, the big plays, the deep balls. Um, that's how – I mean, they only had one touchdown offensively last week. They had a they had a strip sack um, or a fumble return for two yards, and then they mm-hmm. had two field goals, and then they had a two of forty nine yard touchdown pass or forty two yard touchdown pass to Jalen Waddle. This team, if you can play them like the, if you force them to try and be you know play the Dean Pease way, don't play the Wink Martindale way. Force yeah. them to methodically go up and down the field. It's more likely that they make a mistake. It's more likely that you can capitalize, more likely you can get the stop than when it goes, hey, we're just taking shots. Because when you're taking shots and you got Tyreek Hill and you have Jalen Waddle, they're going to get behind your defense. Absolutely. There will probably be a play in this game, multiple plays in this game, where they get behind the defense. It's can the can the pass rush get there and force Tua to, to move out of the pocket so he's not able to get that throw done? I mean, we know Tua can't see his receivers. Uh, based on that quote that came out, it's like, man, <laughs> just can't see him. Okay. Uh, make it so we can't see him, you know, yeah. right? Make him turn the other way. If he's got Waddle and Tyreek on the right side of the field, pressure him from the right side, he has to roll out to the left. He all of a sudden can't see those guys. He's also left-handed, right? Force him mm-hmm. to the side of the field that his playmakers aren't on. Make the playmakers be Wilson. Make him be Mike Jasicki, who are solid players in their own right, but they're not as good as Tyreek. They're not as good as Jalen Waddle. You gotta make Tua uncomfortable. That's how you're gonna be able to win this game. That's how they beat the Ravens last year was make Lamar uncomfortable. Now I think Lamar Jackson is now going to be ready for that cover zero. I think the Ravens are gonna be ready. And I think you know they're gonna be a situation where they get excited, right? Because I feel like Tom Brady gets excited when he sees a cover zero front. Cause he goes, Let's go. I got one-on-ones everywhere. Let's do this. I, I'm going to audible, boom. We got Mike Evans going deep. So, you know, that's my, you know, check out. Oh, no, no one's open. Throw it up to Mike Evans. Then we're going to throw Godwin underneath. We're going to throw Lenny in the flats. One of those guys is going to be open. I'm going to hit him. They're going to break a tackle, and they're going to get a massive play. Lamar's actually going to be doing the same thing. Oh, cover zero? All right, here we go. Just got to make sure you don't get fooled by the fake cover zero blitzes because that's what the Ravens love to do is they love to fake you know, the double-A gap blitz. Don't just blindly snap throw. Got to make sure that they are truly blitzing so that you don't make any, you know, really bad errors of, oh, I didn't know. I thought that they were all blitzing. Instead, I threw it right to the linebacker. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, man. I mean, like I said, it's going. It's definitely going to be a chess. It's going to be a chess match for sure. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and I'm just, I'm I'm, just, I'm excited. I'm excited. We got football back, uh, high school, college, but most importantly, Ravens football. So you know, but so I mean, yes, we are getting our guys back slowly, um, but surely. Yeah, we done lost some guys. Um, Jawan James, waste of money. Kyle Fuller, you know, sorry that the home that the home guy that the uh, hometown native wasn't able to finish out the game the way he wanted to. And, you know, his season got cut short. Hopefully, you know, um, he can come back stronger, maybe with us or, you know, with another organization. But, I mean, you know you know how we do. Um, Ravens is the next man up. 
I mean, I know we got some questionable guys in our secondary, and I know it may sound crazy, but you might got to let the young dogs get out there and eat. You might got to see what uh, Pepe Williams and uh, Jalen Norman Davis really got. You know, I know I know Cheetah is one of the best wide receivers, fastest wide receivers in the league, but, hey, hey man, you, you, had to, you got to guard Tyreek this Sunday, man. It's time to put up a shutout. Hey, hey, uh, Jalen Norman Davis, you know, you come out from the SEC. I know you maybe had some uh, some battles against uh, Jalen. You had to put up a shut up. So, you know, you had to really show what you made up. And um, I just believe that this is definitely going to be one of these hard-fought games. I'd rather for us to have them early in the season rather later to, to truly see what we're made of. Absolutely. Joshua, do you have anything final to say about this this matchup? We're going to be doing our pregame live stream, our postgame stream as well. So for people that are like, oh, I want to hear more, don't worry. Any questions you guys have, we will answer them in the pregame stream. No, man, I'm good. I'm good. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. If you're on YouTube watching the segments, appreciate you as well. Make sure to come to the pregame stream. Uh, should be on, you know, I believe the game's at 1 p.m. So it should be starting at, at 12 uh, p.m. We'll be doing that. Thank you so much. And we'll see all of you again.